Cold Weather Bats, what's up? This is Brandon Justice coming to you to talk about Great Lakes Bat Company. As you guys know, the show is sponsored by Great Lakes Bat Company, and you can buy a hat on their website at greatlakesbatco.com. Upon that, you can do tons of other things too. You got a team, organization, whatever it is, they got you covered. Whether it's uniforms, custom bats, custom fitting for bats, custom fungos, custom wood bats, trainers, you name it, they got it. GreatLakesBatCo.com. Cold Weather Bats, episode 17. Sounds crazy to say that. What's going on, everybody? This is Brandon Justice, one half of the CWB crew. Along with me is Brian Sikowski. As always, we are a couple weeks into Michigan high school baseball, albeit a not so traditional first few weeks with spring break and some COVID protocol and some games canceled. And of course that beautiful Michigan rain, but all the same, a few weeks in, we've got a loaded show for you today with Ryan Chapaniak out of Woodhaven, Michigan, giving a pretty solid interview along with the unveiling of our second edition of the super 25 poll. Brian, how are we doing? I'm good, man. It's uh, it's an exciting time. We're, you know, into the season. I, I know there's some schools who haven't quite gotten underway yet. They opted to wait until after spring break, and I, I understand that. But uh, the majority of the teams that we had on the Super 25 have started. Uh, a lot of them have played, you know, even more than a couple games, some as many as eight or nine. Uh, and it's going to be a full week of baseball this week for everyone. It's just, it's a wonderful time of year. As long as the weather holds, it's a wonderful time of year. So we are unveiling the new Super 25, second edition. We've got some changes. We've got one team who's taking a huge leap, which we will get to here momentarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The process of the Super 25, while fun, is uh is quite is quite crazy it's quite interesting it um it isn't uh it isn't all sunshine and rainbows it's a lot of well um should we uh right so Mm -hmm. the process for this one is done which is great but here we are already thinking about the next one um but before we get to that i think we should just hop right into this what do you think absolutely and we should do so with the disclaimer that like you know, we weren't entirely sure what to do with schools who have not started yet. So we, we tried our best to like keep them in the neighborhood of where we had them in the first one, but there was a lot of moving parts going around them. So like if you're a school who is O and O and has not started yet and you find yourself two or three or four or whatever spots lower this week than you were two weeks ago or three weeks ago, like that's not us like picking on you. It's just things had to move around. Uh, and with no data points, like those schools tended to slip a little bit, if at all. I think there was a couple that held their spots, a couple that slipped, like whatever, no big deal. Um, easily adjustable if you start out hot. How about that? So uh, with that being said, Brandon, I, do you want to do you want to go in reverse order like we did? Just kind of talk yeah. about them in five team bursts like real quick. Yep. Yep. Um, we're not we're not going to hammer each team every week when we do this every two weeks. That's just a lot. Um, so we'll, I figure we'll probably get through like 
25 through 11, just in five team bursts. And then we'll talk a little bit more in depth in the top 10. Absolutely. Sounds great to me, brother. All right. Let's do it. So at 25 is, uh, is Homer. Homer has not played yet, to our knowledge. Homer, if you're listening and you've played, let us know. But Homer has not played yet. Um, but they had to stick into the top 25 last week. They came in at 21, uh, so we kept them there. 24 is Trenton. Trenton is 2-1, and one, but Trenton has flashed some things. Micah Ottenbright, the uh, pitching prospect, has two home runs. So all of a sudden, Trenton's got a power bat, which is going to make them a dangerous team along the way. Uh, in their sole loss, they lost on a walk-off to Huron. Um, then beat them in the second leg of a doubleheader. They also uh, put a put a nice little beating on Melvindale. At 23, we've got an intriguing team in Grand Rapids Christian, who has not lost yet. Kyle Remington, Sam Lejak, two big players there. Uh, Blissfield at 22, uh, unsurprisingly, has ran through the beginning of their schedule. And they're a team that you and I have discussed as a team that could could really do some damage in the long mm-hmm. term. Uh, 21, we've got Stevensville Lakeshore, who also has not played, but is one of those teams that you got to keep in there until further notice. And then lastly, at 20, they debut today, which is Monday. So if you're listening to this, they had their first game yesterday, uh, is Lakeland. So that is 25 to 20. Homer, Trenton, GRC, Blissfield, Lakeshore, and Lakeland. And I will take us through our next little segment here. At number 19, a newcomer is Howell, um, a team we didn't even have on the radar, more or less, to start the season. They're 9-1. and one. They have played 10 games already and won nine of them. That's what nine and one means. Uh, so hard not to to like what they've done, hard not to appreciate uh, the start that they've gotten off to. They're at number 19. At number 18, Ann Arbor Pioneer. They're up four spots. They started the season at 22. They're three and one so far, off to a great start. Um, at number 17 is Brighton, down a little bit. They're one and two. Kept them here at 17, just a, a little bit of a, of a tough start to the season, but still not a, a ton of data points yet there to really draw a ton of conclusions. Um, at 16, a number, another team that moved up a little bit, and that's Celine. They started the season 3-0-1. They are number 16, up one spot. And at number 15, that is Detroit Country Day, a team who has not started yet. As a result, they dropped one spot, but more or less in the same place as we had them to start the year. And then for our next group, so we're going from 15, you ended off on country day, so 14 to 10, we've got... Go 14 to 11, yeah. Yeah, sorry, my math is not the best. Mine too, we're, we're after a rough We're, start, we're doing so. our best. Yeah. Grand Rapids Catholic Central, a team who also hasn't played, but a team that we had high expectations for. Uh, 13 is Richmond, Richmond's off to a very solid 6-0 and start. Uh, at 12, we have Rockford. And at 11, we have Grand Ledge, who is 2-0 to start. Uh, and then as far as Rockford goes, they're also 2-0. So um, aside from Grand Rapids CC there, 11 through 13, Richmond, Rockford, Grand Ledge, all undefeated. Richmond with the highest amount of wins at six, Rockford and Grand Ledge, 2-0 apiece. Yeah, and then, you know, that Richmond's another team that jumped up a lot. They were 20 preseason, 13 now. Um, have to love the the jump there, and and Grand Ledge and Rockford both eleven and twelve to start the year, but they both start out two and zero oh and kind of holding in their place right now. Um, we did not mention the honorable mentions, which I'm going to do right now. Um, this week we have four of them. Uh, Cardinal Mooney has started out two and zero; oh. they're right on the edge of this top twenty five. Um, Forest Hills Eastern was another honorable mention we had before the season. They are 2-0 and as well uh, to start the year. And then two newcomers to the honorable mention section, Heartland, 
who has gotten off to a really hot start, and Buchanan, who in Division Three is kind of looking for games as COVID and weather and whatnot has taken its toll, and they've had some cancellations. So if you're on the west side of the state looking for a game against a good team, Buchanan would like to hear from you. Uh, but anyways, to the top 10, if you would. Um, starting at number 10, Saginaw Swan Valley. They were number nine preseason. They have not played yet. They dropped one spot. No big deal. Number 10. Um, do you just want to rotate these? Yeah, absolutely. Top? Number nine, we got Porter's, Porter's Central. They did drop one game, um, but they are at the current moment two and one, uh, and they still have a lot of juice there that I think it's going to have some long longevity, and I think we can agree on that mm-hmm. between Luke Lido and uh, Zach McDonald, a couple other guys there. Uh, number eight is Woodhaven, up two spots from number ten preseason. They are two and zero. Oh. Um, they beat Canton, a team we had ranked preseason twice, and they are uh, they played St. Mary's, and I think it's one to nothing. St. Mary's in the second inning or something like the game got suspended because of rain last week, and the plan is to pick that up later in the season. But obviously, that doesn't that's not like a result or anything yet. Uh, so the, Woodhaven, number eight, two and zero, oh. and at number seven. We've got Liggett. Liggett was a team who had a daunting uh, early schedule playing Girls Point North, Orchard Lake St. Mary's, Brother Rice, uh, et cetera, et cetera. They are two and two, um, but two, as they would say in the uh, NCAA world, two quality losses. Uh, and Liggett played, uh, they played a tough game against Orchard Lake and a uh, very respectable game. Uh, they were down a lot early, fought back. That game was 8-6, I believe, in the fifth, and nobody's really kept with yep. St. Mary's uh, that for that long at all. So uh, Liggett at 7. Um, but, you know, honestly, from the scope of things, Liggett at 7, I think that's, I think that's a temporary spot for them. I think they're, uh, I think they're on, a, on a spot to roll here soon. It's tough to roll out of the gates with, with that schedule, know, like man. That's or, just... Like three or four teams that are ranked in the top five or whatever that is, like – you know, I, tough to roll out of the gate with that. Credit to Liggett for scheduling like that, because as you and I are both uh, big, you know, schedule heavy teams, right, schedule right. heavy guys, you know, like play good teams. And the, um, the so common yeah, theme, I mean, they'll get rolling. Yeah, the common theme with Liggett has been how young they are, right? And you know, you put those yeah. young guys, and you just you're throwing minnows in a piranha tank <laughs> when you when yeah. you when you're throwing them out there against those two which is great i mean that's that's how you get guys ready so credit to coach samini for for that schedule and i think it's going to help them in the long term and they are by far i think the best offensive team that we've seen so far like speaking from the saint mary's perspective like i don't even think it's particularly close so far um but yeah anyways look at seven number six essexville garber who has started the season four and oh they've moved up one spot uh they're at number six this week um, the top, you know, you're, you're hearing a lot of the same schools here. Once we get to number three, though, we have a surprise in store for you. Yeah, so anyways, Essexville Garber at number six, Brandon, please. Number five, we got the fighting Brian Sikowski's of Grand Blank. Uh, the, <laughs> the state championship pick from, uh, Mr. Sikowski, uh, Grand Blank went out and did its thing so far. Three, no, a good victory at Comerica park. Um, and that was a. I think a complete game for David Lally. Um, I think he tallied like 13 Ks. Four, four innings. Four innings. I, I, I could be wrong. I thought I looked on Game Changer, but again, I just You're probably spoke right. and didn't think before I did so. So whatever. Grand Maybe Blank that's 3-0. Good start. Yep. So Grand Blank 3-0. Uh, 
great team. They're hitting from from the from the perspective of the scoreboard. They seem to be hitting the ball pretty well, and uh, they continue to have a force on the mound at the at least at least one guy, and then they're about two or three deep there with some some decent arms. So Grand Blank sticks mm-hmm. at five. Uh, number four, holding its spot from the preseason is Gross Point North. They are three and one. Um, that win over Liggett stands out as far as a good win, and they did so shorthanded as well, to my knowledge. Oh, they've been shorthanded um, in all four, believe it or not. Oh, well, all, even all four. four. Three and one for Gross Point North, shorthanded as they are. Um, we that's a really good start, obviously. Really good club. The MLB, you have to report your injured list. I mean, we don't. It, with the whole COVID protocol thing going on right now, like there's, there's kids having to miss games and we don't, you know, mm-hmm. no one really knows who's missing what outside of the, those in the league maybe, but. And it is absolutely not our place to talk about names anyways. So, right. But North yeah. is, North is down about six or seven guys. So, and they're doing some pretty good things happening right now. And number three, our surprise of the week started the season at number 25 coming in with a six and our record with 73 runs scored in those six games versus only 11 allowed. Welcome to the top three, Detroit Edison, who is just beating the crap out of people. And can, can confirm. Uh, you can confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> can confirm. Yeah, Edison is... Uh, I, I have played and coached high school baseball uh, consistently from from when I played in from like 2012 it was like my first year of varsity until like now is when I'm still coaching like a the best offensive team I've seen personally played against or coached against I have not like sat down and watched a lot of great offensive teams so I can't say like this is going this isn't that's not even hyperbole that's just like a pure fact like teams I've played against or coached against since I've played, that's the best offensive team I've played or coached against. Have I probably watched one that's better? I mean, St. Mary's plays three times a week, so yeah. But as far as Edison goes, I've played and coached against them. That's the best offensive team I've played or coached against. One through nine, they mash, and they have a an established offensive identity. Those guys have really good bat-to-ball. They prioritize the use of the top hand, and they're just mechanically so sound at the plate. They're never down in account. Um, they they are just, yeah, I was astonished with how good that team was. Caleb Sanders was immaculate against us. I think he had four doubles and a triple. I mean, and and they're just beating teams up. I mean, they beat Novi 17 nothing. They blanked. I think they, that, mm-hmm. they beat us 16-1 um, and then beat us again 13-1, I think, or something along those lines. So, yeah, I mean, Edison – has every right to be where they're at right now. And they are continuing to roll away from, from jumping to that two spot. So Edison, extremely impressive start. And at that two spot with an eight and one record up from number three preseason is brother rice, um, eight and one. They are, I mean, hard to say they're doing anything other than playing well. Um, they lost to St. Mary's in a, in what ended up being a non-league game, uh, just a filler game, uh, as far as both teams just needing needing a game on the schedule. It did not count towards the CHSL standings, but uh, obviously St. Mary's beat them. Um, but anyways, Rice eight and one, number two in the in in the state for us. Uh, pitching really well is what it looks like. I, I know your boy Alfredo Velasquez is raking, uh, hitting in the three hole there as a sophomore. They have some pitching depth. Uh, easy to see them running out five or six guys who can be upper eighties at least. Uh, so yeah, really good club there, obviously. And then lastly at the top of the Hill holding their spot at eight. No, 
uh, and doing it with relative ease so far as Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Um, they are who we thought they were in, in a good way, I think. Um, yeah, they just, they, they do, they do pretty much everything right. So, uh, I've watched, I've watched six in, I watched six innings of the Liga game and then I got to watch an inning and a third before the rain out against Woodhaven. And, um, you know, they hit the ball really well top to bottom. I think the number one thing you can notice about that team though, is like the approach at the plate. Like there's no fear. Like there, everybody is completely comfortable. Uh, it's calm, cool and collected. Uh, they're never, they're similar to Edison in that they're never down in the count. Like, you know, their hitters are always in control of the count and that's really hard to come by at the high school level. Um, and I think that's the number one thing you can say what you want about their commitments. You can say what you want about the raw talent that Orchard Lake has, but you have to also talk about the coaching and how the approaches at the plate are extremely established. And, um, you know, it's just, they're a mature team and they're going to win a lot of ball games because of it. And then the, the pitching staff also, you know, that's, it's pretty good. Uh, Brock Porter throws the ball very hard. Um, and then his changeup might be his best pitch. So, um, you know, it's a good team and they're far deserving of number one. And I think everyone can agree on that. Yeah. I mean, I, it was a, um, I, I expected the past week to be an extremely important one as far as, uh, like figuring out what, what we were. Um, and then, you know, aside from a rain out there against Woodhaven, like, uh, and I, I think we were in a decent position there. Um, but anyways, like, I, you know, beating Portage Northern twice, beating Rice, beating Liggett, uh, doing so while scoring lots of runs in every game. Um, yeah, man, I think the Eaglets are rolling and I think we, uh, we should have another good week this week. Once we jump back into Catholic League play. So let's kind of look into the dynamics here of the uh, of the Super 25. I think it's quite obvious. This is kind of a universal. We're not going to disagree on this. That the maybe not the most surprising, but the most um, promising or the biggest delivery of the first week outside of Orchard Lake's ability to run through that schedule was definitely Detroit Edison. Mm-hmm. Super impressed with that team. That's a team that we can, that we will all keep a close, close eye on. I can speak from the perspective of playing them. Uh, there's a lot of togetherness with that team. There is an established uh, goal to uh, make a name for themselves because they're a team that didn't have the highest of expectations. Um, so there's a chip on the shoulder there. There's a sense of pride there when they play. And I think that's dangerous. I mean, you can have the ta- most talented team in the world, but if you don't have an identity, then you're not going to roll out with much. You're just going to be guys showing them to play ball. Um, and they have, they have both talent and an identity. And that's, that's, that's a team that is going to give Liggett a serious fit in division three. And then you talk about Richmond another team in division three. Um, so division three just got very interesting. I think we were, we were, uh, you know, if, if we still had to pick, I'd still pick Liggett because of their pitching staff. As far as the playoffs go, it's super early, but if we still had to pick there, um, but Edison Liggett and Richmond are showing, uh, are showing us all what D three can be this, this spring. Mm. Yeah. There's no doubt about that, man. Like that's just, uh, <laughs> um, the top two of D three right now look absurd. Uh, and we haven't even talked about Homer and Richmond six and Oh, and like, uh, you know, D three looks unbelievable so far. I, I think that, Edison is is Edison and, and Liggett combined. Those two offenses, like even take pitching out of it, man. Like those two offenses, I would love to see that game. You know, that's an eighteen to fourteen game. Like that'd be a fun oh, one yeah. to watch. You know, goodness. I mean the the amount of speed 
on that field between those two teams too. I mean, you talk about for Leggett, like Reggie Sharp and Jaron Purify, uh, you know, those guys and their foot speed. And then you go to Addison, you think about Caleb Sanders, you think about Greg Pace, who literally ran a six three seven sixty. I mean, mm-hmm. and he stole second and third on us every single time he got on base, which is no discredit to um, our catchers as much as it is a complete credit to Greg Pace being faster than the Flash. Um, so that game would be extremely good for for business <laughs> i mean cold weather bats <laughs> cold weather bats live broadcast i mean that would be you'd hear a lot of oh here we go there'd be a lot of high <laughs> there'd be a lot of high moments in that game i mean shoot that that like you're talking like you could combine for almost like 30 runs in that game yeah no doubt um it's a it's an interesting like i think what it's going to end up coming back to is you know who does have the pitching Right. Like who has the pitching to just not, you're not going to shut down either one of those schools, but like who has the pitching to hold them, you know, kind of hold them in check. Who has the pitching to hold them to five or six rather than 17, you know, right. like that's going to end up being who, who wins division three, I think, and who beats a lot of these teams on the super 25 throughout the course of the year, even though they're in division three, like one of those schools, no doubt. So let's talk a bit about Division Two here. Um, you know, we know Orchard Lake is is at the top there, but past that, who are some teams so far from your perspective in Division Two where you're kind of like, okay, all right, yep, yep, we're gonna keep an eye there. Well, Garber starting out four and zero, like we had them number seven preseason, which was the number two in Division Two, if you want to break it down that way. Uh, but starting out four and zero, like that's obviously a team to keep an eye on. Um, I, I think Trenton kind of. You know, we're we're not talking about who can win in a series. We're talking right. about who can win one game. Exactly. You know, exactly. And Trenton, like Trenton, I think has a chance to beat anybody. Mike Ottenbright's really good. By the time you hear this episode, I will have scouted him in his first game because I'm heading to Southgate Anderson today to watch him pitch. Um, but you, you know, it, it's just like any any given Sunday, but the high school baseball version is kind of where we're at with him. And like them, as you said before the season, like you knew they were going to be able to do small ball. Like you knew the team offense was going to be good. They're going to run. They're going to bunt. They're going to hit and run, et cetera, et cetera. They're not going to strike out a ton, but we did have some, some concerns about like the thump, you know, like where's the juice coming from? Like, where's the big swings coming from? And Hey, maybe it's just the same guy who's the ACE and that's fine. You know, who cares who it is? Like they have a thumper now. They got a middle order guy. They have a one swing, change a game type of guy now, and that's huge right. for them oh, uh, yeah. at Trenton. And so, like, I, I think you look there. I, we haven't even touched on Lakeshore because they haven't started yet. We really haven't even touched touched on GRCC because they haven't started yet. Grand Rapids Christians off to a good start. We're going to see Divine Child this week in CHSL play, but that's another D two school. Like, it's. Uh, there's a, still a lot of moving parts in D2, but I think, you know, Garber's kind of starting it off and then Trenton getting those swings from out and Brighton. We have to see them, you know, play more to really have an idea. But but still, like, it's shaping up to be pretty good. And then lastly, we've got easily the most interesting division, I, I think, is Division One. I. I mean, this, this is going to be a dogfight. You've got, uh, mm-hmm. you know, quietly, Brighton could with Easton Story on the mound, be one of those one-game teams where they just got to win one game and they can beat a lot of guys with him on the mound. And then you think about yep. you think about Woodhaven with Shapaniak, Brother Rice with Clan or Coulter or whomever they want to roll out. Um, 
if CC can start to turn it up, that's a team with a lot of talent. Maybe they haven't figured it out yet, but that's a team that could find find themselves by then. And then not to mention the Portage's schools. I mean, they are always playoff teams, Portage Central and Portage Northern. And then you got Celine with a ton of experience, not to mention the team who I picked to win it all, Gross Point North who hasn't yep. even been at full strength yet. So I mean, I, who knows what that team is when it's at full strength. So uh, Rockford, Grand Ledge, Northville. I mean, there's just all kinds of teams in, in Division One that you can sit there and justify them making a run. Uh, and it's harder to do that in the other divisions. Um, Division One is going to be extremely interesting. Yeah, and you, again, we talk about like needing to win one game versus needing to win a series. It, the further up you get, like D1, you know, and, and D2 also, but like you do have to have a second and third guy. You know, oh, like yeah. you can win any one game fantastic, but then you play two days or three days later and you need another guy and the, the team you're playing is going to be good, you know. So um, I think that pitching depth, man, especially when it comes to the, these higher divisions, like I think pitching depth, you know, you, we could talk about uh, like again, I'll just indulge myself and talk about St. Mary's here. We can talk about St. Mary's offense all we want. And I'm super proud of the offense, obviously. Like, I think it's incredible. I'm the guys one through nine, take incredible at bats. It's stuff I've never even seen before at the high school level. It's stuff I don't see at college level, quite frankly, um, sometimes. But anyways, with that being said, the reason I'm confident St. Mary's, you know, can, can win the state championship is not that I think we're going to score 15 runs a game. It's that I think we can roll eight deep or nine deep with starters who can beat most guys, most teams in the state. Like that's where the confidence comes from. I'm, I'm happier than hell about the offense, but you can't count on scoring 15 runs against an ace. You, right. you know, you know what I mean? Like you need to, you need to have that, those guys who can, who can pitch, who can, who can keep you in games, who can, et cetera, et cetera, like win games on their own. If they have to uh, a couple of years ago, Logan Wood won several games just by his damn self when we wouldn't score. Um, I'm hoping to not do that to Brock Porter or others this year. I'm hoping we just, just keep scoring, but, but that's not reality. Like there's going to be games where you don't. So it's the pitching depth. I think that, that really you have to focus on when you're talking about who, who's going to be there at the end of the year. Before we wrap this segment up and uh, head to our interview with Ryan Chapaniak, I want to ask you a question, put you on the spot a little bit. Feel free to do it to me thereafter, even though we've only had two games. What's the best performance you've seen so far from an opposition? I mean, Liggett's offense. From an, I, I, uh, from, a, from an individual standpoint, let's go with, with single player. Jeez, um, that's a good question because I haven't been at every single one of our games. But, like, I mean, do, do I have to pick a non-St. Mary's guy? Yeah, I mean, this was, yeah, from, from, okay. from an opposition's perspective. Because Mooney hitting four bombs. Yeah, I mean, Mooney is, was, a, was a big thing. I think, um, I, think, anyway. I think Mooney's running away with the whole <laughs> Mr. Baseball thing. I think Mooney's got that one unlocked so far. <laughs> um, man, it's an interesting question. I thought that, hmm, let me roll through our games here in my, in the, in my head. I mean, you know, it was, it was obviously a super short look, but the, our, our podcast guest today, Shapaniak, was the best arm we've seen. Not particularly close either. Um, you know, he came out in the first inning and went. I, I think he like might have had a walk in there, but more or less escaped the first inning unscathed. Um, was just blowing fuel, man. Like you know, he, the guys are coming back in the dugout, going, "Coach Sack, that's moving, man. Like that's moving." And like you know, they hadn't said that yet. So when you come back into the dugout and, and say that's that's coming quick, it's and he had a good breaking ball. He was landing it for strikes, you know, and then the second inning we were, we were squeezing the approach a little bit more and, and 
making him be a little bit more fine with his command. But either way, man, like that was, he kept us off balance. Like he was attacking, he was coming right at us with fastballs. And, and then at the same time, like being able to pitch backwards, I thought he was, he was really good. And he was um, keeping us pinned down. No question. Uh, and then aside from that, like I would, I would say something from Liggett, but I wasn't there. I was at U of M scouting. So like, I, I can't really, speak to that with my own eyes, but as far as the team that's, that's played against us best offensively, I would probably pick a kid from there. I, your boy green, the third baseman from Liggett who, who had a tank and a double against us. Like that probably stands out though. Again, I was not there to see it. If I had to pick one, I'd probably, I'd definitely go with Caleb Sanders. I already mentioned his stat line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty easy one. I don't really have to. Plus I don't scout college baseball professionally so i get to watch all my games brian so <laughs> all all two of them baby all two of them <laughs> south right. getting ready we're, we're coming out hot. <laughs> all right uh so that is that for the super 25 segment uh thank you guys for your participation for all the coaches who sent their scores and and all that we continue to ask that you please uh tag us in any final score tweets or posts uh or email it to us uh or uh, any any way you can and just so we can have a true understanding, because if you are listening to this and you are uh, early on eight and zero, and you've mercyed every team, and we don't know it, there's really no way for us to know it. Uh, because unless you're posting your scores on Game Changer, which we are scavenging through Game Changer to the best of our ability, or Max Preps, or or anything along those lines, it's kind of hard for us to see other than that. So um, please be sure to just tag us. Uh, we want this to be a true measure of Michigan high school baseball from a rankings perspective, uh, and. And, and the best way we can make that happen is just, uh, you know, maximizing the participation. So we appreciate you guys who have, and we look forward to continuing to rank these teams and continuing to give Michigan high school baseball a true measure of its uh, week in, week out ranking system. So with that being said, we are going to bring on the aforementioned Ryan Schipaniak, talk a little bit about his journey to committing to Michigan State, along with his uh, his inning in the third against Orchard Lake and what he expects to happen in the Downriver League this year. Welcome into our interview segment of Cold Weather Bats. Today we are joined by 2021 senior right-handed pitcher out of Woodhaven, Michigan, Ryan Schipaniak. Uh Ryan is committed to Michigan State and has got a nice little uh, following this year. Uh, each game is going to have some a couple radar guns in the uh, in the bleachers for him. Hummed it up to 94 last week against Orchard Lake St. Mary, so it was extremely fitting for us to have Ryan on the show this week. Ryan, known you, known your family, quite a long time. Life kind of coming full circle here. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. First of all, I just want to say thank you guys for having me out. Um, I've listened to about every podcast now, and I'm excited to be on the show. Well, absolutely. Thank you for your support, sir. Really appreciate it. So uh, take us through a little bit of your origins, man. I mean, obviously, like I, I know a pretty good amount of it, but uh, there's a lot of people out there who might be naive to it. Uh, and, and we'd really like you to share kind of what moment did you have where it was kind of like, OK, this is going to be real. Uh, and what were your foundations um, before then leading up to, you know, everything that happened for you kind of like sophomore year when you took that huge rise? Yeah, so basically um baseball was just kind of a game to me until I would probably say eighth grade year going into my freshman year um 
really when I saw my brother um, make his college commitment and then knew he was going to play in college, that kind of that kind of was a thing for me to where like I wanted to do the same. Um, but I wasn't, I didn't really think I was extremely good at the time. Um, but the first time that I, I really figured out that I, I had a chance at it was I went to my first PBR actually around, I believe it was the summer after my freshman year. And, you know, I was just kind of playing my numbers off of my brothers to see kind of where I was. And I think I was like 80 to 83, um, my freshman summer. And that was kind of like the thing for me. And I was just like, yeah, I can do this. Um, but you know, before that it was just kind of baseball was just kind of a game to me. I never really thought that I was going to play in college until, like I said, probably about my freshman year. So you mentioned your brother. Uh, so your brother drew a couple years older than you were. I think he was a, a 2016 grad, right? Is that right? 2018. 2018. Where's, where's my head at? Yep. So your brother, yeah, you were uh, close. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, so time's flying. Okay. So Drew, uh, is at Western Michigan, left-handed pitcher there. You guys are, as far as your game goes and your repertoire and your and on the mound different, right? Left-handed pitcher, your right-handed pitcher, um, your fastball is a bit heavier. He was more of a sequencer junkie guy. Um, and for you, and I know you mentioned it right away, talk about the specifics of being around that you know, before you really got to that point, you got to see something similar where your brother went from a kid who was pretty good. And then all of a sudden he gets really good and starts getting recruited. So you kind of got to see that firsthand before you experienced it. So just talk about uh, what it was like growing up with him, uh, how he pushed you and just your guys' relationship. Yeah. So that, that was awesome. That was honestly the best part of it because I knew um, being younger than him and having more time after he committed, I knew that he was like my learning tool. So, you know, I went to him for a bunch of different things, pitch grips, um, sequencing, a bunch of different things. I kind of just picked his brain on it to, to make my game better. Um, I didn't really start doing that until, um, like I said, my freshman year, but he definitely has, has made a big impact on the pitcher that I am now. Um, especially with, like you said, he, um, he was definitely more of a, a pitcher um, in high school, not a thrower. He was really good at um, keeping hitters off balance, and and that was one thing that I really, really picked up on from him. And and yeah, he's just he's made a big impact on my baseball career so far. Ryan, can you take us through uh, your approach? Your first game of the season, um, St. Mary's comes in, comes down river. You're you're starting the game. Obviously, there's scouts in the stands. Like I, you know, I was there. I watched. You were juiced up. You were throwing the crap out of it. What was your kind of approach like going into that game? Like, what did you want to accomplish? So yeah, my approach in that game was um, a little bit different than um, most downriver games that I will play. As you know, St. Mary's is obviously smart. so um, you know, seeing those radar guns up there. Obviously, I wanted to to hit a number, but at the same time, like the goal was to to get out and keep hitters off balance because I knew that with the lineup that they had planned that they were going to easily be able to hit 93, 94 mile an hour fastballs. That's exactly what they did. So my approach for that game was just to kind of, you know, go in and, and kind of pitch back where you can keep hitters off balance. And, um, unfortunately, obviously we weren't able to make it through more than an inning and a third of that game. But like I said, it was just kind of just being more of a pitcher in that game and, and really, um, trying to pitch backwards and keep the fa- the fastballs limited. 
So you hit 94 in that game, uh, having some conversations with, with some scouts who were there, like up to 94, kind of pitched at 89, 92. Is that more or less what you expected to be? Did you expect a little more, a little less, like whatever, how did the winner go for you? You know, what did you expect? Um, that was actually a little bit for my first outing of the year, high school ball. Um, that's honestly right where I want to be. I, I actually wasn't really quite expecting to be up to 94, but, um, yeah, so I, I mean, I've kind of been, I would say probably from December until now, um, my view has just kind of slowly been taking up one, two miles an hour at a time. Um, and, and that's just, that's just come from working in the off season. And, but like I said, I was, I was up to that and a couple bullpens this off season, but first time being outside, I didn't really know how the weather was going to be, but then also at the same time, you know, playing St. Mary's, having scouts there, adrenaline was up. So, you know, I was happy with, um, with where I was and it exceeded my expectations a little bit. So, so the summer ball scene, uh, is pretty integral to the process when it comes to being a prospect of your stature and all of that. So, uh, talk about summer ball for you the past few years, the growth that you've experienced there, the competition you've seen there. Uh, any, I know you've made some really good friends along the way, uh, especially like Avery and, and Micah. Uh, so just talk about the importance of summer ball and what it's taught you. Yeah. So summer ball, um, I started up in 16 U, which would have been my summer after my sophomore year. I started playing with Arsenal and that was what kind of, you know, flipped it upside down for me. I started playing some good competition, started playing with guys on my own team that, that you know, were really well. I had some Division One guys on the team at the time. Um, but just kind of being around that atmosphere and playing with guys that, you know, were already going to the next level um, that pushed me to get better. Um, obviously, when I when I started playing summer ball, I was no longer um, a hitter. Went o- went over to the pitcher only side, but um, it gave me time to you know work on my craft and. And I was around guys, like I said, that um, were a Division One commits at the time. So same thing I was doing with my brother. I was picking their brains, um, you know, just trying to get myself better as a pitcher during that time. And, uh, you know, going down south, I know we went to Lake Point a few times, um, playing down in that warm weather, playing against great competition. Uh, it, it was definitely, had definitely helped me a lot in the recruiting process and everything like that. And just being around, I would just say like that atmosphere where, you know, not only do we want to win, but we want to play the best competition and, and get our guys seen. That was that was huge for me, and I know for a lot of other guys too. Uh, can you take us around Don River a little bit? You know, I'm sure you're aware. Brandon and I are both Don River guys, but for this <laughs> year, for 2021, you know, looking at it from an outsider's perspective, we have y'all and Trenton, you know, kind of as the the two classes of baseball Don River. Are we wrong? Like, who else should we be paying attention to? Take us through it. Um, yeah, well, I know, so obviously us in Trenton, um, should have pretty good years this year. I know, um, Wyandotte's got Canterbury and a few other guys that will be solid there. Um, but I think those are probably the top three down here. Um, like I said, there'll be good competition. Um, I think this year more than, than ever, there's, there's more, not necessarily teams that are, are stacked with talent. But I feel like there are more down river teams around here that are just gritty and piece things together and, and are able to get wins that way. Um, but like I said, yeah, I believe um, Woodhaven, Trenton, Wyandotte, um, 
sure Carlson's usually always competitive. Um, but yeah, that's about it around here. What, uh, so obviously you're committed to Michigan state. Can you kind of take us through your both short and long-term goals as it pertains to this baseball future? You know, you're going to MSU, like, what do you want to do as a freshman there? What do you want to accomplish by the time you're a sophomore, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, um, obviously I want to get there and, and compete. That's, that's a no brainer, but as you, I mean, going in there, they're going to have some guys that are, that are good. And I just want to be able to help contribute and, and help the team get wins in, in any way possible. If that's me coming out of the bullpen, doing whatever I have to do, um, to, you know, to help the team win. That's the main goal. Um, obviously throughout my college years, hopefully I progress and, and become a, a better pitcher there as well. And then obviously, you know, I want to, my goal is to one day become a starter and, and I'll help the team, team win that way. But going in as a freshman, the biggest thing is just doing what, what they need me to do and uh, just kind of trying to help them get wins that way. So for you, Ryan, uh, Woodhaven, I mean, talk about a program that has completely transformed itself and you have and your brother has and even your your oldest brother, John, has kind of seen the the inception of that program uh, really turning its tide and becoming what is now a really year in, year out perennial contender under Coach Farner. So take us through the culture that you've experienced at Woodhaven uh, and what what kind of legacy you want to leave behind there this year being your final year. Yeah, so obviously my 2018 year, I was a freshman on the team when we made it to that we made that state championship run. Um, that year was just, I think that year really set the tone. Um, it was obviously special in itself, but, you know, not ever winning a district up until that point and then making a run to the state finals, um, you know, made some noise and, and our community was really involved. And, you know, people were really starting to notice, notice Woodhaven. Um, but yeah, like after 2018, um, even 2019, my sophomore year, everyone was like, okay, we know who this team is now. They got some good guys on their team. Um, we expect them to make a little bit of noise. Um, and, you know, Coach Farner, obviously great coach, teaches excellence over there. And that's, I mean, that's a thing that, that has really, has really set the tone throughout the last couple of years. Um, obviously didn't get a junior year, but we're expecting to do the same this year and, and hopefully set the tone for the next few, next few years for other guys. Ryan, we really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, wonderful interview. Uh, let's, let's wrap up with this one quick question. Uh, obviously, as we've mentioned a couple of times in this show, all three of us here down river guys. So give an, give some advice to a freshman right now who might be kind of like you a little tall and a little lanky. Um, originally, obviously you're not that stature anymore, but <laughs> give some advice to a freshman who's hungry, who wants to, uh, get to, get to that point. What's, what's a bit of advice you'd give? Um, I would just say, you know, the off season is where it starts. And that was the, really the big thing for me was this um, last off season, you know, making sure you're, you're doing the correct list, making sure that you're, you're up to date on your throwing program, um, nutrition, everything like that. It, it really takes place in that off season. Obviously, you know, once you get in season, that's your time to, to really show what you have accomplished in that off season. Um, but like I said, you know, just, just making sure you're working day in and day out. Um, to do what you think is best for yourself is is really really 
Brian, we appreciate you coming on, brother. I will uh, I will see you soon. Uh, I look forward to it. And then good luck this season in uh, the beautiful Down River League. Yeah, thank you for having me out. Before I send you guys home, I got to talk to you one more time about Great Lakes Bat Company. These guys know what they're doing. They know what they're doing when it comes to the materials, the bats, the uniforms, the batting gloves, the custom bats, whatever it is. But really what they know is how to communicate. They know customer service. They know realistic turnaround times. They don't lie to you folks. They get it to you when they get it to you and they know when that's going to be and they are very transparent about the process. But more times than not, you get your products even before then and it's awesome. I highly recommend Great Lakes Bat Company. Find them online at greatlakesbatco.com. And that'll do it for episode 17 of Cold Weather Bats. Uh, another great episode. We brought back the Super 25. Uh, talked about that for a while. A uh, lot of moving parts. Uh, just, I'm looking forward to that being a bi-weekly thing, man. Like, I think that's going to end up being pretty cool. Um, a lot of action will take place over the next two weeks, and I would imagine that the Super 25 two weeks from today will look quite a bit different than it does today because a lot of those schools that haven't played yet are going to finally start. Uh, a lot of the schools that have played are, are going to get some more data for us to, to pour over and um, decide. But either way, an exciting time. And again, a great conversation with, with Ryan Chapaniak. Um, just a, really good to, to pick his brain as far as uh, what he's looking to do, what his attack mentality consists of, and really like the, the look around the Down River League as well as looking forward to, to his time at MSU and then what he wants to accomplish there. Um, but yeah, man, Brandon, great, great episode this week. You know what? Uh, it was good to get back to the Super 25. I think that we are pretty passionate about making that something uh, for these teams because, you know, you just look back on when we were playing and it's like we didn't really have any measure like there was no um there was no like centralized like hey this team is ranked like oh we're playing this ranked team or that and it's like i know a lot of people are like oh ranking spankings like oh i don't care about rankings blah 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 but like you know what they're fun and uh it just adds a little bit more salt and pepper to the steak so i don't understand why we can't have some fun with it and i I think we are i think we're doing a good job a lot of people like it so i always look forward to the super 25 i always look forward to to ranking and just so everyone knows it's not like we wake up and we're like, hey, this is the Super 25 because we said it's the Super 25. Like we consult, we talk to others, we mm-hmm. try our best to get a nice perspective from from each side of the state. And, you know, we, we do our very best. We can promise you that to to hear everyone's perspective. Um, but at the same time, we also had a great interview, Ryan Chapaniak. And I think you, you mentioned that pretty well. And uh Ryan's a kid that, uh, you know, his, his brother is my age. So I kind of go back with him a little bit. So it was really uh, life comes full circle. I feel really freaking old type moment there. Um, but in a good way. So great episode, really looking forward to, uh, you know, a spring break now for the most part being over for everybody. I think really looking forward to high school baseball now hitting its full swing, uh, both literally and figuratively. And then at the same time, I am just, Really hoping that we can continue to get teams to full strength, but um, you know it's just the times we're living in. So keep just want to make sure everyone has a positive uh, outlook on the rest of the year. Um, don't keep your heads down. I know there's a lot of things we got to do that are that are new and uh, unlike before, but 
I mean, shoot, man, let's just be happy we're out there. You know, let's just be mm-hmm. happy we're out there for sure. Yep. And uh, with that being said, we'll do a little housekeeping to close the show per usual. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Cold Weather Bats. Um, I'm contractually obligated to say cross platform because I've done <laughs> that on every episode. Um, let's see. Shouts out, especially to super producer James, who's a rock star. Um, shouts out, James. And let's see what else, Brandon. Uh, super Twenty Five is out. We don't need to talk about that anymore. Buy a hat. Buy a hat. Obviously, buy a buy a hat. You know, just go ahead buy a hat. It's baseball season. Just go ahead, buy one. Twenty-five bucks. We're not. We're not gouging you here. Um, <laughs> you can find that at Great Lakes Bat Company, uh, the sponsor of the show. As you're aware, I'm sure you've heard both the pre and post reads. Um, and you can follow Brandon on Twitter at B on oh, Coach what underscore B Justice Coach underscore Coach B justice. underscore B Justice Baby. I got it. I was there. I was there. I, I make tweets. Oh God. Uh, it's probably time to wrap the show. Brandon's getting I'm, a little I'm literally starving. Zealous. All right. And with that being said, <laughs> please remember to please remember to uh, subscribe on your preferred social media listening platform or whatever, as well as rate and review the show if you are so inclined. Um, oh, thoughts on the show can be directed to our Twitter account. The DMs are open. Feel free. And coaches, as you post your scores from games, please just tag us in the tweet or a follow-up tweet, whatever. Um just keeps us able to, you know, stay, stay up on things. And, and, and our pioneer, you guys did a fantastic job of that this past week, uh, along with a couple others, like the more we can get that stuff, the easier it is for us to just see all that. So that's the whole point. Um, all right. And we will talk to you next week. Have a good week, Michigan. Happy baseball season. Cool with the bat.